This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. So we're talking about traction, and uh, you know, people won't come right out and say it, but man, you just see it all the time. It just seems like people, they're uh, sometimes, even Christians, even sincere Christians, that there's not much change from one year to the next year. It's only like just kind of spinning their wheels or going in circles or it's one step forward and two steps back. Well, that's not the way that God has designed it. He's designed that we live an abundant, full, and satisfying life where we're actually being fruitful and making progress. Everybody say progress. I mean, God, his will for us is that we be fruitful and we would make progress in our life that we would make progress in our relationship with him. And as we're making progress in our relationship with God, I mean, you cannot stop the progress from happening in other areas of your life if you're following after him. And so in this series, we've really been looking at the life of Abraham. And, of course, he is the father of faith, and, of course, he was fruitful, and, of course, he had momentum and traction with God. And so he's referred to as the father of faith of faith. And so he's referred to as our father and that we are called to walk in the steps, the faithful steps of Abraham. And so, man, he's just a good Bible character to look at because I believe there are some truths in his life that would really help us move forward in our relationship with God. So I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And this is the great Hall of Fame of Faith. This is where you can find the heroes of the faith. And I believe there are some heroes of the faith sitting here today. I believe that anyone can be a hero of the faith. I believe that anyone can choose to live and walk by faith and choose faith as a lifestyle. And if you choose faith as a lifestyle, things will begin to radically change in your life. Faith. I mean, the life of faith will defy the wisdom of this world. Faith will defy the wisdom of this world. Faith defies the limitations of our natural ability. Did you know that you can do far more than you can think you can by faith? It defies the limitations of natural ability. Faith will bring the unseen into the seen realm. Faith is like a tractor beam. it reaches out there into deep space, and it begins to pull things to it. You know, fear is the same way. Job actually said, that which I greatly feared has come upon me. You see, because fear, like faith, is attractional. If you live your life in fear, you're, gonna, you're going to attract bad things to your life. If you live your life by faith, you're going to attract good things to your life. So uh, faith... Uh, faith makes what's impossible with man possible. Yeah. People say, well, that's, that's impossible. Well, good, man. You, we, we live by faith. It's not impossible because all things are possible. All things are possible with God. Yeah, that's a scripture. But this is also a scripture. All things are possible to the one who believes. Yeah. Right? So if you can believe, if you can believe God, If you can truly believe God, that which the world, that which man says is impossible becomes possible in your life. Not just 
not, not somebody said, well, possible, but not probable. No, possible and probable. Amen. Amen. Faith is the guarantee. It is the title deed that that which you have hoped for is surely going to come to pass. Amen. You can bank. If you've got faith for it, it's as good as done. Amen. So in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, this is a scripture that the Lord just, I mean, last week as we were teaching, it just, man, it just, boom, it just, just popped right out to me. And I got happy about it and been meditating it on it ever since. But notice this in Hebrews eleven twelve. It says, therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. So for someone who is as good as dead, and how many of you know good as dead is not good? I mean, they say, well, you look as good as dead. <laughs> what do they say? You're not looking too good. And for, for Abram, he was as good as dead. He was 100 years old. Sarah was 90 years old, barren, unfruitful in her life, right? But by faith, she received strength to conceive seed. By faith, Abraham obeyed God, and he went out. Why? Because God said, I got something for you. And so by faith, he obeyed God, and he defied the natural order. He defied the conventional wisdom. He defied his, the, the, uh, the limitations of his own ability, and he did it by faith. Amen. And so from one, as good, and him as good as dead, as good as dead, something sprang up. Something happened. You're a result of that. You're the fruit of that. You're one of those who are the, like the sand by the seashore, right? You are one of those like as, as innumerable as the stars in the sky. You are one of those. You are here. You are a product. You are a byproduct of Abraham's faith in God. Someone else is going to be a byproduct of your faith in God. Your circumstances. The way things turn out for you is going to be a byproduct of your faith in God. Amen. Your future will be a byproduct of your faith in God. And it's going to either be strong faith or it's going to be weak faith. It's going to either be little faith or it's going to be great faith. And so it's our choice. And so we found out some things about Abraham. And number one, and we talked about this in week one, number one, if, if, we're going to, if we're going to have this traction with God, if we're going to have this forward momentum of God, with, uh, with God, we've got to become more God conscious. We have to become more God aware in our life. Abraham was. Well, how, you say, well, how do you know that? Because God spoke to him. Well, how did he know that God spoke to him? Because he was conscious of God. If you're not conscious of God, you're not going to hear from God. If you're not conscious of him, you're not going to be aware of him when he's leading you, guiding you, speaking to you, dealing with you, giving you opportunity. If you're not aware of him, you're going to miss it. So we've got to become more God-aware, more God 
conscious in our life. And I can tell you this, that there is nothing more important, there is nothing more needful, more urgent, more pressing than a new believer or an old believer to learn how to hear from God and then do what God says. There is nothing more important. You and I have to be conscious of God. I mean, what good is it to be a Christian if we're not even conscious or aware of the one that we, we, we're walking and marching under his banner? We have to be more God conscious. So Abraham was. He heard from God. The reason he heard from God is because he was conscious of God. Amen. Number two, Abraham had the ability to see the unseen. He began to see, he, he saw the unseen. And if you and I are going to live and walk by faith, if we're going to get traction in our relationship with God, if we're going to grow in our faith, we have to see the unseen. And we must start with the Word of God. What does the Word say? The Word of God will paint this mental image on the inside of you. It's a spiritual image, but it'll, 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 it'll uh, enlighten your mind. It'll be grafted upon your mind. And so the Word of God will put this image in us and we'll begin to see ourselves not as sick, but as healed. Not as poor, but as rich. Not as just barely getting by, but always triumphing. Always winning. Every time. So we've got to see something. We've got to see something. But it's not just enough to, it's not just enough to hear from God. It's not just enough to, to see the unseen. Because if you can see it, you can sure seize it, but there's more to it than just seeing it. And so that, that's a part, seeing it, and you can seize it. If you can see it, you can have it. But there's another part to this. And we see this in Hebrews chapter 11. If you just, we, were, we read verse 12. But I want to I go back up to verse 8 just for a minute. It says, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive his inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in a land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the, of the, of the promise. And then it goes on down to verse 13. He begins to talk about some other heroes of the faith. And he says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them. No, they didn't see it with their natural eye. But having seen them afar off, were assured of them. Everybody say assured of them. You know, this is, this is crucial to living by faith. You've got to become convinced of something. I'm convinced that it is God's will for everyone to be healed. I'm convinced of it. You couldn't beat it out of me with a hammer. I am convinced that it is God's will for all to be healed. Just like I'm convinced that it's God's will for all to be saved. So they, 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 uh, they were assured of these promise, promises. They embraced these promises. So you've got, to be, you've, got to, you've got to be convinced. You have to be assured. And the only way you can get to that, uh, I'll just be honest with you, a lot of it's a choice. It's just a choice. You choose to believe. If God said it, I believe it. That settles it, right? So you choose. So they, 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 they were assured. They embraced the promises. 
and they confessed. They confessed something. They began to say something. They began to say something. Now, let me just say this. Our words are significant. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. By your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. For every idle, unprofitable word that's spoken, we'll have to give an account. Are you listening? So words are powerful. When he's talking about they, they confessed, that's what came out of their mouth. What they were talking about. When they got in a squeeze, what did they say? And people want to think this is, this is hyper faith. This is elementary faith. This is the ABCs of faith. This is bottom line faith. This isn't, this isn't going too far. Man, people aren't going too far in faith. People are so, so defeated. Why? Because they, they hadn't gone anywhere in faith. Faith to many people is just, well, I'm Baptist or I'm Methodist or I'm I'm non-denominational or non-faith or whatever, but that's just more to faith, and that faith is a lifestyle for us. Amen. So they confessed. They said something. And the thing is, we're all saying something all the time. A lot of times we're saying too much. A lot of times we're saying too little, but we're all saying, we're all confessing, we're all speaking. I mean, just think about these powerful words. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three 23, that if you say and not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things that you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say, not whatever you pray, whatever you say. That is powerful words. For some, that would be hyper-faith. This is Jesus telling us how we're to live. This is Jesus telling us how we can have things, that we can experience things, that we can live in victory. Amen. So everybody say, my words matter. What I say matters. Amen. Now, just before we get to the, to the heart of this message, turn with me, if you would, to James just for a second. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Uh, James, who's a pastor, he is teaching his congregation, writing to his congregation about their words, about their mouth, about their tongue. <laughs> and he devotes pretty much a whole chapter to how they talk. And I want you to notice one thing that he said. In the 10th verse... He said, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, brothers, these things ought not to be so. 
if they ought not to be so, why are they so? Out of the same mouth, we're blessing something, and out of the same mouth, we're cursing something else. And this ought not to be so. You know, the word says that God has set before us life and death, blessing and cursing. And it's all up to God what we get. I mean, he's in control. Whatever he decides, I'm going to either be blessed or cursed, but it's all up to God. No, it's not all up to God. As a matter of fact, it's not up to God at all. He said, I'm going to set before, I'm going to set before you something. I'm going to give you a choice. Life or death. Blessing or cursing. Choose. Choose. Now, what would you choose? Let me look at Would you choose life or death? All right. Would you choose blessing or cursing? But how do you choose it? How do you choose the blessing? How do you choose life? How do you choose to live and walk by faith? How do you do that? I mean, if we're going to do it, if we're going to do it and we, and we want to see what's impossible with man become possible, and we want to live our life defying our own natural ability, and we want to live our life and, and, I mean, things happening all around us, and it begins to become a witness, how do we choose? With our words. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. It ought not to be like that. But many times that's the way it is. Do you know how many people, and I'm probably getting over into next week, but it probably wouldn't hurt us to hear it twice. Do you know how many people curse their finances? I mean, they curse their finances. They say things like, oh, we can't afford that. You just cursed your finances. Whatever prayer you prayed, Lord, supply my needs. Lord, I know you're good. Whatever prayer you prayed beforehand, then you say, we can't afford that. You didn't believe that prayer. Because when you say, I can't afford that, you're saying, I'm my source. Or my job is my source. And so we curse our finances. We curse our health. Say dumb things like, well, about every year this time, I come down with... <laughs> Feel like I'm catching something. What in the world are you going to do that for? Why are you going to go catch something? Are you listening? Oh, Pastor Chuck. These aren't my, these aren't my words. This is not my words. 
This is throughout the scriptures. This is throughout the script. This is all throughout the scriptures. Our words matter. It matters greatly to our faith. So when it comes to Abraham, there was an interchange between God and Abram that has always just fascinated me. It's always just stirred me. This this conversation, this interaction, this experience that, that, that Abraham had with God. So you know the, the story in Genesis 15. God told him, I want you to go out and do this. And, and he said, and I'll be with you. And Abraham said, yeah, but, but what are you going to give me since I go childless? And then he told Abraham, you know, go out and look at the stars and count them. If you can count them, that's how many children you're going to have. Y'all remember that? And uh, it picks up in, in Romans, the fourth chapter. Romans, the fourth chapter. And, and this, this is so powerful. And this is going to really, really help you this morning. This is going to really help you. And if you, can, if you can begin to master the language of faith. Everybody say the language of faith. I mean, you can't, you can't go to... Uh, what are those programs you get and you can learn new languages? What's it? Yeah. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't learn this language on Rosetta Stone? Are you listening? You can only learn this language through the Word of God. The language of faith. Faith sounds a certain way. Faith has a cadence to it. The, the language of faith has a cadence to it. It's got, it's got something about it, and when you hear it, you know it. And there's a lot of things that kind of sound like it. But it's like, mm. And if, if you know the language of faith, you say, yeah, that's not faith. But faith has this, has a language that's powerful. That will change your circumstances. That will change your life. That will change your finances. That will change your marriage, your health, your whatever. It has, it's powerful. So in Romans 4, notice this. And this, the, the Romans 4 is all about Abraham and this exchange that he had with God. God came to Abram, and y'all remember the story, and he changed his name. Y'all remember that? From Abram to Abraham. The, the name Abraham means father of many nations. And this is for someone who didn't have kids. And yet God changed his name to the father of many nations. Before he was the father of many nations. Let me say it again. He changed his name to the father of many nations before he was the father of many nations. But in God's mind, he was. Before there was any fruit, 
to prove. Why? Because God's Word is final. Are you listening? God's Word is final. So notice this in verse 17. As it is written, I have made you. Everybody say made you. Now notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, Abram, I'm going to make you the father of many. And when I do, then I'm going to change your name. That's not how he did it. He made him, and then what he made him began to play out in his life. He said, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead, and we know that Abram was as good as dead, he gives lives to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Calls those things which do not exist as though they did exist. He didn't say, Abraham, I'm going to do something. He said, Abraham, I have done something. I call that which does not exist as though it already did exist. That is the language of faith. You hear people talk about, well, I know that God's going to heal me sometime and in his own good time. I know, I know what's coming. I know my blessing is on the way. I, I, just, I just know that at some point, God's going to, he's going to give it to me. I just know. That's not faith. That is not faith. It's, it's better than saying, well, I know it's never going to come, but it's not faith. Faith says, I got it now. It's mine right now. Faith calls those things which do not exist. They're out there in that unseen realm. They're out in that not yet realm. Out there in that don't exist realm. And it calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's how God talks. Are you listening? That's how he talks. Now, he doesn't say he calls those things which are as though they're not. That's not faith. People say, well, I'm not sick. Why? I'm not sick. I'm not sick. That's not faith. That's calling things that do exist as though they didn't. That's not calling those things which do not exist as though they did. There's a difference. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. Oh, I'm not sick. I'm not. Oh, I'm not. No, if you are, if you have symptoms, whether it's in your body or your bank account or your marriage, you begin to call those, you, look, and we're going to talk about confession in just a second, but confession just means to, it means to, uh, to say the same thing, to say the same thing. The same thing as who? God. The Word of God. Say the same thing that God said about you. 
And sometimes we do, so we got, we got blessing coming out, and then a little pressure hits us, then we got cursing coming out. Well, I guess it didn't work. Curse. I O I O. It's off to work. I go, curse. I'm so broke I can't pay attention. Ha ha ha. Curse. <laughs> That's not funny. By the, you know, I'm so broke I can't pay attention. That's not funny. Not for a believer. And so what do we have to do? We got to agree with God. Say the same thing that he says about us. And if we talk about us like God talks about us, we'll be in faith. And if we're in faith, things are going to begin to shift and turn and change. And I mean, circumstances are going to align with it. Are you listening? So God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And so evidently, Abram picked up on this because from that time on, it it says that, you know, he believed that he became strong in faith. He was given glory to God. He didn't introduce himself as Abram anymore. He he introduced himself as the father of many nations. And people probably looked at him like, what are you talking about? father of many nations but he kept on doing it right and then pretty soon there was fruit and now his descendants are as innumerable as the sand on the seashore and the stars in heaven amen so abraham became now notice let's look at these words God, he gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believe, so that he became, he became, he became. If you accept what God says about you and you say the same thing that God says about you, you will become what God has said about you. He became. In other words, something changed. Something changed. There was a transformation, and there can be a transformation in your life. But you've got to agree with God. And I know sitting in church, oh, yeah, I can do that. Oh, yeah, glory to God. I'm going to just agree with God, and, and woo, I'm going, I'm going to do it. And then you get back, and, man, Monday morning or Monday afternoon, you get home from work and open the mailbox, and there's there's another bill to add to the stack. Now what are you going to say? Oh, honey, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. We've got ourselves in a mess. I don't know how we're going to climb out of this hole. Curse. Yeah, but Pastor Chuck, that's just the way I feel. I know. What's that got to do with it? What do your feelings and your emotions have to do with what God said about you? You are responsible to keep your emotions in check. You are responsible to dominate and take authority over those negative emotions in your life. You're responsible. You're responsible for your mind. Your mind. 
get some good preaching. And I got to, oh my goodness, all right. I hadn't even got to the punchline yet, so we, we need to get there. So, now notice this in, in Hebrews 4, and, and we're going we're gonna to close here. Y'all are listening so good. In Hebrews 4, just one scripture, I got a couple of them, but one will suffice. In Hebrews 4, now let's do the Hebrews 10 one. Hebrews 10 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Everybody help me. Without what? Wavering. He that wavers, you know what James says? He that wavers is unstable in all of his ways. That word waver means double-minded, back and forth, up and down, Yo-yo, when the emotions are good, the words are good. When the emotions are bad, the words are bad. Just up and down, up and down, in and out, in and out, up and down, in and out. God, don't let that person expect to receive anything from the Lord. Because a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. Now, you're going to say something. And I mean, it, you, those emotions, and I, I'm not denying that emotions are there. Those emotions can be so strong in you. They can be so powerful in you. And you just feel like, man, I'm losing my mind. I mean, I feel like I'm going to explode. You feel like, man, i got to run for the hills. i gotta, I got to do. And it can be so strong. But you can control the next thing you do. And the next thing you do ought to be, I'm going to agree with God. I'm going to agree with my God. And so he says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith. I mean, the confession of our faith, not the confession of our doubts. Doubts will come. Thoughts of doubts will come. Thoughts of doubts come to all of us. But you don't have to act on them. And if you don't act on them, they'll die unborn. They'll die unborn. If you don't act on them, they'll just die. But our thoughts of faith and our heart of faith needs to be acted on. And we are to hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. Why did he say that? Because there's going to be an opportunity to waver. There is going to be circumstance that you can you're going to feel like you're going to waver. But he said, don't do that. Hold fast to saying the same thing. Next time you have symptoms in your body, yeah, you hurting. Say what God says. What did he say? You are healed. First Peter 2, 24, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 17. You are healed. Well, I don't feel healed. <laughs> That's why you, you're operating in faith to change it. When you look at that stack of bills, don't go, oh, oh Lordy. 
What are you going to say? What are you going to say? He that was rich became poor, so that I, through his poverty, might be made rich. I'm as rich as I am righteous. I am as rich as I am healed. Well, I don't feel rich. My bank account doesn't say I'm rich. That's why you're operating in faith. You see, you, we, you, people say, well, I, I just, I'm just going to call it like it is. I'm, I'm real. Yeah, real carnal. You, you can't, look, if you, if you want something different, you, most people don't even realize the reason they are where they are is not just because they've mad, made bad decisions. It's because they've reinforced that negativity with their words. That's good. They just reinforce that with their words, and they've been saying it for years. They've been saying it for years. They've been saying it for years, and then make excuses. Well, you know, after all, God doesn't want, it's not God's will for everybody rich. Well, you know, after all, it's, you know, you know it's just uh, things aren't everything. Duh. <laughs> I can tell you this. Being poor is not a sin. It is mighty inconvenient. And you and I don't have to be like that. So, well, this is one of those prosperity churches. Better than being a broke church. Are you listening? I mean, you, you can go, go somewhere else. Sit there and let them tell you it's God's will for you not to have anything. Just go see how blessed you'll be. Amen. Or stick around some faith. Get built up. See some things change. See some things transpire. See your body come in line. See your finances come in line. See your marriage come in line. See your stuff come in line. See the blessing of God coming up on you and overtaking you. And look, let me just tell you this. You say, well, I'm just trusting God that it's going to be. If you're trusting God, you're talking like God. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Thank you for your word that produces faith and hope in us. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray if there's anyone here who's never given their whole heart and their whole life to Jesus, I thank you that you've already been drawing them in this service. And I thank you that they'll receive right now. If you're in here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, but you want to. You, I mean, you know that you're not in a right relationship. Everything, you might just be going through the motions, but you want something real. You want something living. I mean, just lift your hand right now. Let me see it. Just, I'm looking across the room right now. Lift your hand. Anyone in here? Thank you. Anyone? Anyone? I'm looking around. All right. Awesome. Everybody say, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to be a, I'm not going to just be a hearer. I'm going to be a doer. 